0: Lord, You are the fountain of life Restorer of my soul I worship You today Lord, You are the fountain of life Restorer of my soul I worship You today
1: Hello, everyone. This is Charles Zutter, the host of the Fountain of Life podcast, and I welcome you to today's episode. Today, we'll continue on the subject of power behind the throne that is, how the church is supposed to relate to human government. So, thank you so much for spending part of your time with me today. We started looking at this subject, we've seen the influence of prayer in the destiny, shaping the destiny of nations. We've seen Elijah, we've seen Daniel, and the primary tool that was at their disposal was the ability to pray. We are also told in First Timothy chapter 2, that from verse 1 to 3, that first of all, Prayers and intercessions must be made for all who are in authority to pray for all men. And the benefit of that is that our lives will be led in peace and in righteousness, in harmony, and in everything that God had purpose for us. So prayer for the people who are in authority, prayer for the church and the countries that we live in for all men, leads to good that eventually comes to us. So, the truth is, we have a part to play in human government. And primarily, it is more than just voting and performing our civic duties, but it's also how we exert the authority God has given to us in our closet, praying and being on our knees. Today, I want us to look at a New Testament example of how we can rule on our knees. And we've seen Daniel, we've seen Elijah, we've seen all these men of God. There's so many we can talk about in the Old Testament. But I want us to look at an example in the New Testament. I want us to look at Herod, you know, and the church. So at that time, the whole of that area was under Roman rule. And Herod, you know was in charge and primarily he he had developed a very evil appetite an appetite of killing christians and killing disciples you know so we want to see how god dealt when with Herod as this evil desire in his heart was growing and growing so in Acts chapter twelve pick up the story from there. From verse 1, the Bible says that now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Ah, uh-uh, That was a bad decision. So he stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also bad decision maybe he never got a memo that god is in the business of building his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it but for some strange reason this evil king had suddenly gotten an appetite of killing disciples yeah this would be one lump he can't swallow but whatever it was he succeeded in killing james and I can imagine the sorrow in the church as that happened. And look at this, you know, very carefully. He, he saw that he pleased the Jews. So it was a political decision. He, he wanted to make himself popular among the Jews and by implication to please Rome. But you don't do evil, you know. So that you can expand your political agenda. That is a mistake a lot of politicians make. They get into power. And it is just about perpetuating their rule. And somehow they they get so intoxicated with power. They almost veer into evil. And that is exactly what this king is. You know, the the, the path that he is now towing. And I believe he brought himself to the place where God will judge him. So the Bible says that he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unliving bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So he had really, really, you know, caught the big fish and he tended to slaughter it. After the Passover so he will cement his fame and his popularity among the Jews and by implication to please his superiors in Rome but this is a horrific thing that he had done and maybe he doesn't even realize how evil this is gonna be the other thing that I want that draws my mind is he killed James so why did God allow James to be killed by Herod? We don't know. And we may never understand how, why God allowed it. But the church in verse 5, the Bible says, how did the church respond to this calamity, this evil cloud that was beginning to settle over the church? Verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him By the church. So if you were in the church at that time, you've seen James taken and killed. Now they've taken Peter, the supposed leader of the human head, physical representation of leadership for the church. The only recourse, because you can't go fight the Roman machinery, it's not possible. So the only recourse they had was to pray for him. And the question I'll ask is, so did they pray for James as well? You know, when James was taken or they never got opportunity, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say how it happened. But this time around, the church was praying. And I like the word that says constant prayer, constant prayer. They didn't just utter some few things and go home, but constant prayer was being made to God for him by the church. So why would God listen to that prayer? Assuming they had prayed for James, but James died, we don't know. I'm only speculating. So why would they have the motivation to pray for Peter? We don't know. But whatever it is, the church made constant prayer for Peter. Obviously, they are praying for the will of God. They are praying for God to deliver him. They are praying for Peter for God to intervene in that situation. And that is what we can do. So in this circumstance, let's see whether they were effective in serving as the real power behind the throne. Herod is sitting on there with his evil intentions and planning wickedness and all the evil. But we want to see who really holds the power in these circumstances. So they prayed for God. Before we go on to look at How God intervened. There is a reason why God will intervene. We don't know all the reasons, but I'll just give you one of them. God had a plan about how Peter was going to die. Maybe the disciples themselves may not know, but Peter knows, and God knows it. So there is a real basis for God to intervene. If you go with me to 2 Peter Chapter 12. Peter, now in his old age, writing about his experience and encouraging the church and all of this is what Peter wrote from verse 12 downwards. Says, For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent. To stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I'll be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. So Peter is now talking about how he was going to die. He was telling the church that, look, one day I'm going to put off this tent. I want to make sure that I have instructed you. I have left these letters and all of this to constantly remind you of these truths that I have learned from the Lord and have experienced after I am dead. So, and he says something very important. He says, just as the Lord Jesus showed me. So, when did Jesus show Peter how he was going to die? or how he was going to put off this tent. If you come with me to the book of John, after Jesus' resurrection, and Peter and the rest said they were going fishing, Jesus came in to bring them back you know, on course and to set them towards Pentecost to get them ready for the work he had made for them. And he specifically told Peter certain things, how he should feed his sheep, he he asked him three times, you know if he loved him and Peter was so aggrieved there is a whole backstory to that but I will not talk about that today. but at the end in first in John 21 verse 18 Jesus told me feed my sheep most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger you gathered yourself and walked where you wished. but when you are old you will stretch out your hands and another will guide you and carry you where, you do not wish. So here Jesus was telling Peter how he was going to die. Verse 19. This he spoke signify by what death he will glorify God. And when he has spoken this, he said to him, follow me. So this was etched in Peter's memory that God, Jesus, he said he would die when he's old. And so as he grew older, as he wrote his letter to the disciples, to the church, he was reminding them of what the Lord had told him. So, when Herod took him, obviously he wasn't old. So, there is a biblical basis, or there is a scriptural, because when Jesus makes a prophecy, it has to be fulfilled. So, Herod never got a memo that you don't kill Peter when he's young, you kill him when he's old. So, whatever it was, as the church prayed, they were enforcing the will of God about Peter's life into being. Maybe they may not understand. They are praying, Lord, say Peter. Lord, say Peter. Have mercy on Peter. Our hearts are heavy. We've lost James. Lord, don't let Peter also be killed. As they were praying this, there is a word of God that undergates all of that prayer. Maybe they don't even know it see so they had the mandate from heaven to enforce in that prayer and god was going to act on that mandate because god has said when he is old another will tie his hands and lead him where he doesn't wish church history shows us how peter was killed was crucified upside down you know and all of that you know but here peter was not old so he there is a scriptural basis. There is a word just like Elijah, you know, was enforcing God's word as he prayed for the rain not to come. Because God had already said that when they sin, they were going to go into a place where there's no rain and was going to close up heaven. There's no rain. In much the same way, God's word about Peter's life and his death is already prophesied by Jesus. And Peter himself said it. Later on, I'm sure, decades later, as he wrote his epistle, he reminded himself about what Jesus has said. And this is what Jesus said. So Herod was in direct contravation of God's promises, of God's word concerning Peter's life. So as the church offered prayer, they had a mandate from heaven to enforce and that is what he did so let's see how god answered that prayer so fascinating so so amazing now the bible says when herod was about to bring him out that night peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison now behold an angel of the lord stood by him and the light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. So God sent an angel to Peter and delivered him. He was chained to these soldiers. There were guards in front of the door. Because man will do everything that he can to make sure that they do whatever evil they had purpose. But God is above anything that a man could do. We've seen governments and dominions, thinking that they are invincible, they can they, they can do anything on, and they are not accountable to anything. But we all see them come crashing down. That is a lesson nobody learns. And it's unfortunate. But here we see the fortification, the effort he put in to make sure that by all means this policy of killing the disciples to make people happy, it was going to be. But I bet you this is one that he can't and he wouldn't be able because there is a word that stands in his favor so bible says that at the end of the day the angel led peter out and he, he he thought he was dreaming you know i wonder if at that moment in his life peter himself realized that this is contrary to god's promise for my life but whatever it was he thought he was dreaming verse 11 And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod. And from all the expectation of the Jewish people. All the expectation of the... So the word had gone out. We have the big fish. We are going to kill him and make everybody happy. So there is this political agenda between Herod and the Jewish people to decimate the church. But unfortunately for him, the real power behind everything was in God's hands. And he's dedicated it to the church. And the church this time around were enforcing it on their knees. They were ruling on their knees. So the Bible says in verse 12. So when he considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark where they were gathered together praying. So they they, they had gathered in John Mark's mother's house and they were praying and praying and praying and praying for Peter. Now let's see something very fascinating. Now when Peter continued, so Peter came, he was knocking. When they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hands to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to their brethren. And they departed and went to other places. So when he came to the place, Rhoda, who was at the gate, the little girl at the gate, came and told the people, "Pray, look, ah, Peter is at the gate. Let's open the door. And they said, no, it can't be him. You are crazy. And she kept insisting. And they said, oh, that is his angel. So even the people themselves, they, they, they didn't even believe, because I'm sure they had prayed, and they didn't see anything happen with James. But now, Peter is standing at the door, and he said that is his ghost. So, this is after Pentecost. These people had received the Holy Spirit. They know the will of God. They know the man. But look at them. Even the prayers they were praying, maybe they didn't even believe that God was going to answer. So, don't feel that your prayers are going nowhere. So long as you are in the will of God, Maybe you also may not even believe that you alone, you can pray and change the destiny of a whole nation. But God wants that. He wants us to stand together. The people in the book of Acts, this is fresh after Pentecost with all the power and everything. They had prayed. And yet when God brought the answer, they said that was his ghost. You see, so don't feel bad. You are praying and nothing is happening. Or maybe you are praying and you are doubting. Will God even hear will me alone on my knees and praying for this whole country, for our economy, for peace, for stability? Would there be even any difference? Yes, God will answer that prayer. So long as you are in the will of God. So long as you are standing in the word of God. The, the critical mass for intercession for our nations, to rule behind the throne, it's one. God says, I'm looking for a man to make a hedge about the people and stand in the gap therein, you see. So the critical mass is only one. You can make a difference in your community. You can make a difference in your city. You can make a difference in your country. All that God wants is for us to be effectual and fervent. Bible says they prayed for Peter fervently, constantly They were praying for him, and God answered it. So Peter came, he was delivered. But let's see what happens to Herod. Verse 20. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Ty and Sidon. I like Tyre and Sidon because it reminds me of the Phoenician people. The whole area. And Baal worship and Jezebel. So the trouble for Ty and Sidon isn't over yet. So the Bible says that the people of Tyre and Sidon Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon but they came to him with one accord and having made bloodstools the king's personal aid their friend they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So once again a lot of political manipulation political intrigue and whatever it is. So on the set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, "The voice of a god, not of a man." Then immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him, because he did not glory, give glory to God, and was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied oh i love this so here we see that evil who had developed an appetite for killing christians the bible says that he he stood there and asked he was having his you know oration and they were applauding him he didn't give glory to god so you'll be thinking they was praising him this is the voice of a god and not of a man he's a god you see we learned in the earlier two episodes that God appoints kings but he is not responsible for the decisions that those kings make God is not responsible for this evil appetite that Herod had developed it was his own political manipulation and when those people do evil God judges them we saw that with Nebuchadnezzar we saw that with his son Belshazzar When he chose out of his own will to take the precious vessels and the holy things from the temple that had been brought to Jerusalem and use them for his dinner party with his friends and give glory to the gods of Babylon, God judged him. That hand came and wrote on the wall, Menel, Menel, take care of fashion. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting and the kingdom has been snatched from your hands. That day, that night he was killed. So here we see another evil king who takes glory for himself and sees himself as a god. Guess where he would have gone to if he had finished and succeeded in killing Peter? The amount of evil he would have unleashed. But because of the intercession of the church, he was cut down. And the Bible says that an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God god holds the kings accountable for the decisions that they make and here Herod was judged and he died a painful and pitiful death to be eaten alive by worms that is unbelievable but the bible says the word of god grew and multiplied that is a hard lesson for the wicked rulers in our world who think that it is okay to go after the church and to do evil and to perpetrate evil the word of God will outlive them we've seen it in other empires how they crumbled the word of God grew but their reign ended why because they dared to stand up against God and God cut them down how did it happen the church prayed they prayed constantly for Peter the word of God was on their side As they enforce the word of God, God honored his word, they cut Herod down. The church didn't specifically ask for Herod to be killed. I don't think in their prayers, maybe they prayed for him, I don't know. But God always does exceedingly abundantly, above what we can think or we can ask. God knew the real root of the problem, and he took the ax to the root of the problem. And that is the same way when we pray. You might be interceding for our country, but God knows how to shake up the kingdoms. And that is our responsibility. We should pray. We hold the power behind the throne. Beside our civic responsibilities, let us also rule on our knees. Thank you so much and may God richly bless you. As we tend to look at other aspects of Jesus' public ministry, let us remember that we hold the power behind the throne. We will give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. We will give to God what belongs to God. May God richly bless you. And if you don't already subscribe to our podcast, please do so. And you can always send us your response, Fountain of Life podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to respond to you. May God richly bless you and see you again next week. Thank you for joining me.
0: Fountain of my life, I worship you.
1: The Book of Matthew, eleven, twenty-eight to twenty-nine. Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest.